Hey guys, I hope you're doing better than you were yesterday. Welcome to Sundoku because we all have the mysteries piled up. My name is Ray and each week I plunge into the mysteries of the world from true crimes and unsolved cases to even supernatural phenomenon. I thank you all for taking interest in my small research-based podcast and I hope you enjoy your time here. Well, for this week's episode, I would like you all to imagine Yeah, like actually close your eyes and try imagining yourself as a young boy with a kite in your hands and standing at the top of a hill. That's when you suddenly notice two men lying on the grass peacefully, like they might be sleeping. But soon you realize that those two men are not sleeping, but in reality they are dead as the smell pierces your nostrils. Well, that's exactly how today's case begins. This case involves a series of events which eventually led to the death of two Brazilian electronic technicians Manuel Pereira da Cruz and Miguel Jose Viana the two bodies lying side by side and uninjured when seen wore lead masks over their eyes the things found with them on investigation offered no answers but just made the puzzle even worse no one knows why or how the two men died on the hill of rio de janeiro a case that's gone unsolved for more than 50 years now this is the tale of the lead mask case So the story of the lead masks case begins something like this. On a bright summer day of August 20, 1966, a young man named George de Costa Elvis decided to take his kite through Ventum Hill in Niteroi, Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, only to come across a mystery, the heart-stopping sight of two dead bodies and thus he reported them to the authorities. The Ventum Hill had a difficulty in that day unfortunately due to which the police could reach the body only the next day. The sight in front of them was unsettling as when a small team of police and firefighters arrived they saw that the bodies laid next to each other partially covered by grass. Both men wore a formal suit, identical raincoats and each wore a lead eye mask. Now, if you want to try and imagine what kind of eye mask it was, uh try to imagine a sleeping mask. That's exactly how it was. Just the catches, it was made of lead and it was unfinished or I should say unrefined on the edges as it was ma- it was homemade. Yeah, we'll get to know ahead in the research that it was homemade. Now, here some resources say that or some sources say that uh the mask they were wearing the mask and some of them say that that was the mask was lying beside their bodies but yeah just a reminder that i don't know how to read portuguese so all of this information that i collected is from english articles that were translated from portuguese to english so some things are you know bound to be lost in translation so forgive me if i miss any of the important points but yeah this is the research based on the english articles so yeah 
moving ahead, there were no bruises or injuries on the bodies. Like, literally, the bodies were untouched by anything. So, the reason of death was unclear. Or should I say that it is still unclear to this date. The surprising fact is that the bodies were left untouched even by the wildlife. Also, the police found an empty water bottle, two towels, and a little bit of cash nearby, which was roughly around 160,000 cruzeros. Now, the police found another evidence on further investigation, which made the case even more twisted. It was a small notebook that one of the dead men had in his pocket. Many of the writings were identified as electrical formula, but it contained two very strange sentences. Now, I'll read to you these sentences translated in English. There are some grammar errors or the grammar doesn't fit in, but they still, even if the grammar fits in, they still doesn't make any sense. The sentences went something like 4.30 p.m. Be at a great place. 6.30 p.m. Swallow capsules. After effect, protect metals. Wait for mask signal. Strange, isn't it? Well, soon after the bodies were removed from the hills and an autopsy proceeded, which revealed their identities. Yes, they identified the two men. They were Manuel Pereira de Cruz, aged 32, and Miguel Jose Viana, aged 34, two electronic technicians. Both were married from Campos dos Goitacazes, a town about 275 kilometers to the northeast, which is pretty far away. Now, both the men were highly regarded in the city, and both were described as electronic enthusiasts. At this point, the police had uncovered all the details as to how they got onto the hill, like their journey from their house to the Ventum Hill. It was a fair, fairly quick investigation, but rather not very much useful, as the information didn't answer any questions. It just made it even worse. This was the information about the two men before they climbed the hill. Miguel and Manuel both left campus on August 17 and told their families that they need to go to Sao Paulo to buy some electrical equipments and a car. They boarded a bus at 9 a.m. that was supposedly headed to Sao Paulo which is around 700 kilometers away, they were carrying with them about 3 million or 30 lakh cruzeros, which we can convert into today's money. But the problem is that at that time, the inflation in Brazil was very high. So it is not correctly converted. So we'll just leave it at that. They had 3 million or 30 lakh cruzeros. The bus then arrived at Niteroi, at around 2 p.m. and they got off at Nataroy. Now, before climbing the hill, the two men made quite a few stops. Since it was raining that day, they brought identical raincoats from a local store. After buying the raincoats, they went to a bar to purchase just a single bottle of mineral water. And the interesting thing was that they had kept the receipt with them. You know, because at that time, or even at this time, it is a common practice in Brazil that they, if you give uh, the shop the empty bottle, 
then you can get refund for that so yeah it is clear that they wanted to do that and they had the receipt with them even after their death so just remember this point it is a really crucial information when we'll get to the theories uh, that are relating to this case but yeah just keep that in your mind so they had the receipt which means that they intended to get back the refund for the empty bottles at some point here during the investigation the bartender told the police that the two men seemed rather nervous as she told that Miguel was constantly checking his watch you know and that's it that's pretty much it that was the last time that Miguel and Manuel talked to anyone and then at around 3:15 p.m. the two men were last seen heading into the hills and 3 days later they were gone from the earth now why did i put the sentence like that you will get to know when we'll discuss some of the theories revolving around the case so as i already mentioned that there were no obvious injuries at the scene or in the autopsy which took place weeks later by the way and at that point the internal organs of the two men were badly decomposed and because of this delay the testing of toxic substances you know as the letter mentioned something about two capsules so the testing for toxic substances was not even conducted as it was not the bodies were not in the condition to conduct the test their internal organs had completely decayed well there is one more mention of those two men on the same day of august 17 at around 5 pm when a boy saw them sitting at a high point on the hill the same boy saw the people on the hill the same boy saw them once again on the next day that is august 18 and at the same place but only this time they were lying down and the boy thought that they might actually be sleeping because they were lying so peacefully on the grass now some of the re- reports mentioned that you know the boy who saw them on august 18 is the same boy who saw them on august 20 as well but even on august 18 that boy did try to inform the police about two suspicious men up the hill the police officer who was maybe patrolling the area but apparently the police officer didn't take any actions and neglected the report and due to this negligence when the bodies were found later on august 20 their internal organs had decayed but as i mentioned earlier the bodies were completely fine on the outside even the wildlife of the ventum hill didn't touch the body i mean bodies but the biggest question here is that why why did the nature left the two men alone after their death even though the bodies laid there for two days for two whole days their bodies were dead in a forest and not even a single organism from the wildlife tried to touch them well yeah moving on ahead it was not until august 20 two days later when the same boy noticed the foul odor and got to know that the two men were actually dead now it was generally assumed that they both had cardiac failures and that that was the reason for their death but due to the lack of explanations of these theories it was not accepted while investigating the hometown of two victims of those two victims 
Police tried matching the handwritten samples with the handwriting found on that odd note. But strangely enough, it did not match with either of the handwritings. Now, this was more complicating as it suggested that the two men were actually being ordered to do stuff that eventually led to their deaths. Well, there is one more account when someone saw Miguel and Manuel before their deaths. A local kind of a neighborhood watchman named Roleno de Metos saw a jeep carrying both men and it was being driven by a blonde man and perhaps an additional of two or one people, none of which have been really identified. Now, during this investigation, a strange report from a woman made this case took a whole turn and it pointed in the direction of the extraterrestrials or the UFOs. Well, on the same day when Miguel and Manuel climbed the Ventum Hill, that is, on August 17, a high social status lady, I will refrain from using the full name since it's very long and I'll definitely butcher it up, so we'll call, we'll call this lady as Sousa. So this lady named Sousa, uh, who had been driving the who have been driving that evening with three of her children, saw an oval-shaped object of orange color with a, ba- with a band of fire around its edges. This object, this oval-shaped orange object, was actually hanging over the Ventum Hill and sending out, sending out rays in all directions. Now, they stopped the car and saw the object in the sky you know, doing its job for four minutes, I guess. And then she drove back home. She told her husband about what she saw. Her husband drove back immediately to that same place, but that oval-shaped thing was gone. Well, after the report went public, few other people also confirmed the sightings of that same oval orange-colored object. These peoples were hiding till now because at that time, the Brazilian government was not paying attention to, you know, UFO-related theories. But since such high-status lady came forward, that gave other common people, you know, the strength to also give their confessions to the police. So yeah, but yeah, the sighting was confirmed by a lot of people. But let me tell you, they didn't have any evidence, they didn't have any photo evidence or anything about it. And about the same time, a very interesting case also came up. A very similar incident that happened four years ago. A similar incident to the lead mask case came to the surface. It stated that four years earlier, in 1962, a man named Hermes, who was a TV technician, also found dead on a hill called Moro do Cruzeiro near Nevis, which is around 284 kilometers from the Ventum Hill. And he was too found with a lead mask. Now, the story goes around and round and round, but they don't have any evidences, as I said, about the UFOs or such things. But suspicions are always there there are always suspicious men doing suspicious men doing suspicious activities you know in every suspicious case (laughs) so yeah in this case they also found a person linked to the two victims his name was Eliseo Gomez now 
Manuel's wife reported the police that the two men, Alicio and Manuel, had an argument in the past. So police actually captured Gomez in order to find out about the argument and they had a suspicion, they had suspicions on him because of that argument. But Gomez Gomez just claimed amazing things now. Let me let me tell you what his claims were. First of all, Gomez claimed that Miguel and Manuel, included with Gomez, were a member of a sort of scientific spiritualists and they were interested in trying to contact extraterrestrials or spirits. Gomez also claimed that the three had collaborated on many strange electronic experiments and hoped to communicate with beings on Mars. But I guess at that time we knew that Mars doesn't hold any, you know, kind of intelligent life at the very least. But yeah, moving ahead, uh, Gomez also claimed that at one point an electronic device blew up in Manuel's backyard, which the three of them built together. And this claim was actually verified by Manuel's father. Also, he claimed a very bizarre thing that the three had tried the same device, right? Like they rebuilt it and they tried it on a beach. And apparently, the beach witnessed an explosion in the sky. Now, this was not a small explosion, not at all. It was so big that it shook buildings within a radius of 15 kilometers. Even the fishermen gave the testimony that they saw a blinding light along with the explosion but obviously this doesn't this doesn't you know clarify anything about miguel's and manuel's death now while searching their hometown while investigating more and more and more police also find a book in miguel's home in to be specific uh, in miguel's home workshop which which might give us an idea about those lead masks or why they even made those lead masks. Now, the book found in Miguel's workshop uh, actually compounded about this device that, you know, Gomez claims that burst or that blew up in Miguel's in Manuel's backyard. I'm sorry. So yeah, uh, the notebook did compound that. And along with the notebook, they found some tools and scrapes that were used to cut the lead masks, you know. Now, this is how we know that the lead masks were actually homemade. They were made back in campus and they took those masks to the Ventum Hill with them. They also found some passages where intense luminosity was highlighted. You know, the word intense luminosities or some paragraphs about intense luminosities were highlighted in those books. But the thing is, theories arise about lead masks here. The, the reason why this case got its name, the lead masks, no one knows why or how or what they wanted to use them for. Because if, as people suggest, that the lead masks were, be, were used or you know, they wanted to use the lead masks for protection against radiations. But honestly, I don't think so that those masks could have protected anything against radiations because all they covered was the eyes. That's it. It was like, it was like, you know, it was like our goggles or our normal frame glasses. 
It's just you can't see through them. That's it. That's all there was in them. Then how are they able to protect one from radiations? Some suggested that they might, you know, they might have built them to protect them against such intense luminosities that the paragraph talked about or, uh, you know, that was seen in the explosion uh, on that beach when those three did something, did some sort of experiment there. So yeah, that might be possible, but still we don't know what actually they were, wa they wanted to use those lead masks for. Now, uh, things related to the capsules. It was speculated that those were some kind of psychedelic drugs because according to some sources, the spiritualist community would, you know, consume these psychedelic drugs to help them in communication attempts. As how, like, they would they would want to enter some kind of trance in order to establish a communication between the otherworldly or the spirits or, you know, the extraterrestrials with them. So yeah, they consume these psychedelic drugs. And because of this theory, a lot of people conclude that the two men actually died from accidental overdose of these drugs at the hill. But no one actually knows if that's the truth. As I said, the Toxic, the toxic substance, you know, diagnosis was never, the testing was never even conducted because the body, because the internal organs were decayed to such extent that it was not even possible. So yeah, that, that was the case about capsules. That's all we know about the capsules. That might be the case, but we don't know if it's the truth or not. Now, here is one more claim from, from the same newspaper that claimed about the scientific spiritualism. Uh, now, this newspaper said that Miguel actually told his sister before, uh, before doing that big explosion at the beach that, quote, he would soon be carrying out an important mission, unquote, and that it was a secret and that she could tell that to no one. Now, why did Miguel say this? Why? Just what was this, you know, secret mission? What was this important mission that he wanted to carry out? Maybe he did. Who knows? Maybe he didn't. Maybe they did succeed in their mission. But that's what their mission was. That's... We, we can't tell what it exactly was. Because the mystery, you know, still rests with both of them. With Miguel and Manuel. And no one knows what happened except those two. Well, this was pretty much it, you know. Like, yeah, this is all the information that I could gather, uh, that I could gather uh, from all the resources that I tried to, you know, uh, squeeze as much as I can. But yeah, uh, coming to the theories, uh, a lot of people say that it is a double suicide case which i don't think so is even possible maybe it is but just there are just some loopholes you know in this case that just turns this whole double suicide theory upside down that says that no it's not that says that no it's it's just ridiculous to think that and the thing is that first of all if someone wants to die why would they travel so far to commit suicide 
okay first of all that and okay if it was a suicide let's let's say they wanted to see the ventum hill they wanted to die on that beautiful you know greenery beautiful nature of that ventum hill but what about the money you know as i said that miguel and manuel left uh with three million cruzeros with them but when they died they were found with only 160,000 cruzeros what about the rest of the money well i know they did buy raincoats and water bottle but do you think that raincoats and water bottle would cost that much what happened to the money that was apparently for the purchase of a car where is it where did it go who took it did they invest it somewhere did they give it to somewhere did they give it to someone or did someone robbed it no one knows no one really knows just why the two men went on that ventum hill no one the theory about the lead eye lead eye masks being a radiation protector as i said i don't think so it's possible you know i already gave you the explanation but well do me a favor why don't you try googling the images of the lead masks or if you don't want to google uh, head over to my instagram where i i will post all of these images of this case if you want to that is uh, but yeah just look at that lead mask and try answering it for yourself do you really think that that lead mask can protect anyone from any sort of radiations just ask yourself and answer yourself honestly i guess it can't it it just can't it's bizarre to think that this whole case is actually bizarre because no one knows what happened why happened none of the theories fit in the case you know nothing is there and it's it's frustrating honestly when i was researching and i asked myself some questions i was like why am i even doing this what what will i get i literally read so many reports for this case but i couldn't find a single clue you know every theory that i made was just it just didn't fit in and yeah it's basically pretty much it i guess because honestly see there are further details here and there but they don't really prove anything beyond this point like one detail i found was that another man named hamilton bizani who told the police that he had helped to rob and kill miguel and manuel according to this man's claims uh those three met at the spiritualism center and that he helped in luring them to netaroy he also claims an accomplice told him quote we have killed them both we forced them at revolver point to take the poison unquote however the police never found anything to back this claim and at that point they were just not believing any random person because this case had gained so much media attention this case was just out there even you know the magazines which covered just sports and movies uh, kind of news even those magazines featured this case and most of the details is actually from those magazines so it was just so much out there that the police was really really very careful of the of some people claiming some stupid things just to gain some attention well some sources also say that oh you know the man while boarding the bus one of the men met 
you know, his nephew and he told his nephew that once they return back, they are going to tell him something about spiritualism. So yeah, maybe this case is related to spiritualism and experiments with that. You know, some famous people, some famous occult leaders actually gave interviews about how they knew what Miguel and Manuel were trying to do or what they were doing. But honestly, it doesn't, it doesn't give out anything. It doesn't give out any answers because there is just no proof. There is just no proof that whatever these men are saying is true. Well, yeah, in the end, more than 50 years have passed and no one knows what Miguel and Manuel intended to do that night at the Ventum Hill. Was their death the result of drug overdosage? Or did they manage to contact with the otherworldly or the spirits and thus their souls carried forward into the upper realm, leaving their bodies behind? Or was it a double suicide? You know, they committed suicide without letting anyone to get even a hint about their mental about their mental state or their mental health. No one except Miguel and Manuel themselves know about what the Ventum Hill showed them on the night of August 17. There are multiple theories as we talked about. Some of those are from foul play to UFOs, but the truth is still resting. Where? No one knows. At that point, a lot of people claimed that all the electronic technicians in the areas or all the TV repair you know, technicians were a part of those scientific spiritualism's cult. Because in a way, they were kind of scientific enthusiasts, you know. They wanted to find out more about, they wanted to find out more about the other worldies or the extraterrestrials. And they thought that, yeah, they can establish a connection with them. And this theory gets kind of you know kind of a positive review because there was one more case in 1962 which i already mentioned that there was a person before miguel and manuel who died in a hill with lead mask but were these really some sort of experiments experiments meant to attain the spiritual truth and well that's all i will leave it for you to decide I will leave it for you to decide what you want to believe. If you want to, you know, see this as a double suicide, well, sure, go ahead. If you want to see this as some experiment of spiritualism, sure, go ahead. If you want to see this as a UFO, you know, UFO abduction incident or whatever, see it as that. Or maybe some other theory, some other bizarre theory that you come up in your mind with. Yeah. This was it. This is all I could find about one of the most mysteriously frustrating case. Honestly, even after doing all this research, I still don't have a clue or even my own theory as to what might have gone wrong. Otherwise, whenever I do research, I like to pickpoint some points and, you know, pinpoint some points and make my own theory in my mind. But this time it was it was nothing. Because whatever I made just contradicted everything that was found. One thing or the other is always there, which is standing in the way, you know. But yeah, this is it. This was the mystery of lead masks. 
Did you manage to get any clue or maybe your own theories? If yes, then please do let me know. I would love to know about them. Honestly, I would. Because as I said, I'm just I was just frustrating, you know, researching this case because not much is given out, you know, like the theories, even the theories are kind of biased biased to some side of the UFOs. But in this case, I want to believe that it was not just the UFOs. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, but it just doesn't fit in. It just it just does not. If they were trying to, you know, get contact get in contact with other worldies, extraterrestrial or UFOs, why the lead mask? Why the instructions? What about what about the pills? Psychedelic drugs? You think that people believing in science would take psychedelic drugs to enter some sort of trance so that they can, you know, establish a communication with people with you know species living on mars maybe i don't think so it's it's just so bizarre to think about that just give it a thought like i am sounding really unsettling at this moment because i have no idea i truly have no idea this was just research i leave at the conclusion to you whatever you want to make whatever you want to believe please do that and do let me know because i want something to believe this was the lead masks case so what did you guys think about today's episode please do let me know your thoughts and if there are any suggestions or any topics you would like me to cover please feel free to tell me through my email which is sundoku with ray at raygmail.com also now, you can head over to my Instagram as well, which is at the rate sundoku.podcast or you can even reach me out via Twitter at the rate sundoku underscore pod. This is Ray signing off. You were listening to Sundoku because we all have the mysteries piled up. Well then, I'll see you guys again next week. Until then, have a good time. Bye.